The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick, daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Well, I just love that never say never. We all want to live our dreams. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to radio's finest program of positive book talk. It's Star Style. Be the star you are. And my name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are your personal growth success coaches here on the airways with you. Every week bringing you authors and experts and professionals that will help you live a more fulfilled life. So get ready to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and read some books. Well, we are a show about following your heart and doing what you love in life. And today we're going to have another blockbuster segment for you in the whole hour. Starting right off, we're going to have Heather's investigations into what HR departments know about us how we can ramp up our excellent factor. In segment two, you're going to meet the pioneer of audio blogging, Alan Levy, who founded Blog Talk Radio in 2006, and hear what the future of social radio on the Internet is. And then we're going to finish out our hour today with a heartbreaking but very eye-opening debut novel, The Murderer's Daughters, when we interview Randy Susan Myers. So grab that cup of tea, turn up the volume, and get ready to enjoy be the star you are. Now, I have a couple of, uh, well, actually, I have three quick announcements. First of all, the newsletter went out yesterday, if you didn't get it. And, and you I must know. say, it looks fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if somebody wants it and they don't have it, send me an email, Cynthia at CynthiaBryan.com. It's free. It's packed with info. And you'll just get to see lots of stuff about the show and the charity and us and in this newsletter, I actually talk about how we started Be The Star You Are. Second thing I want to say is if you happen to live in La Mirinda in Northern California, the U.S. Postal Service wants to close down the school street station, which is considered the hub and the heart of the community. And it also happens to be the my post office box where I get all my mail for this radio show. So voice your concerns by calling or writing your congressman, your senator, and the U.S. Postal Service, evidently the post office wants to s shut down over 2,000 
Oh, I hear a bunch of scratching on the on it. Is that you, Heather? I apologize. <laughs> Is that just your microphone? So, uh, in any case, the U.S. Postal Service wants to set, shut down two thousand um, post offices around the country, and if they had their way, they'd like to shut down sixteen thousand, making it pretty difficult for people. So, I have a whole list of people to contact. But again, email me, Cynthia at CynthiaBrian.com, and that's Brian with an I. And then the final announcement is Be The Star You Are teens are going to hold their first car wash fundraiser on May 14th. It's the same day as the Moraga Fair where we'll be doing face painting and books, and we'll have our fresh lemons and fresh eggs and lavender and all kinds of produce for sale. If you're interested in volunteering, you can email me, and I'll put you in touch with the teen chairpersons. But I love this, the gas station that has volunteered to host the, uh, what do you call it, the car wash, is called Star Station. So <laughs> it's kind of perfect that Be The Star You Are would be part of Star Station. So uh, the miracle moment for today, sorry to have taken so long with those announcements, is brought to you by Star Style Coaching. And when you need media, acting, presentation, or information for life challenges, call 925-377-7827 or visit star-style.com. And this miracle moment is from actor Robin Williams. When I told my father I was going to be an actor, he said, great, but study welding just in case. <laughs> and I think Robin's quote is absolutely the perfect miracle moment for our show today. Heather and I have both worked with this great actor and comedian. He really is mega talented. I mean, being on a set with him, isn't it true, Heather? It's like getting to go to a show for free or something. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. But the fact that his dad encouraged him to have a trade to fall back on is exactly what most parents would instruct their kids. In fact, back in 1998, the Bureau of Labor Statistics stated that people can expect to change jobs four or five times more recent research is indicating that the average person is going to change jobs seven to ten times in their lifetime, which is much different than our parents' or grandparents' days when a person got a job right after high school or college and they stayed there till they got that gold watch at retirement or they, they died on the job. But with these job changes in mind, it's really good to know how a human resource department thinks, what they look for, how you can look good to them, how to write an appropriate resume, how to conduct an honest, impressive interview, and of course, how to negotiate the salary that you want. So Heather goes inside HR to give us some tips. So tell us what you found out, Heather. Exactly, and especially with this economic time where a lot of people either by choice or downsizing and unfortunately not by choice are having to start over, having to get new jobs, branch out into new things. And a lot of times, um, if we've been at a job for so long, every single organization are looking for different things. And the big thing with human resources is there's sort of this mystery. Are they your advocate? Um, are they really the ones that decide the job? Are they the, the first person before you meet the boss? So it's kind of looking in and trying to find out what exactly. So just the basics ones, common things. Why aren't you getting a job? And things to think about. What do you, are you seeking too many jobs? Are you seeking too few of jobs? And hiring managers are looking for a variety of choices and a variety of people. And they're really looking for someone who curtails uh, to their specific um, desires for their company. 
And that gets into the kind of whole I spy thing. And thinking about, you know, Facebook, public media, which we've discussed before that can be very helpful as well as harmful um, to your career, to your job. And thinking, you know, Facebook, that's so, you know, kind of 19, 2009, that now what's the big thing is employers, think about what you do to them as they do to you. When you are looking into a job, you oftentimes people today, they Google them. They want to find out what other people are saying about them, what are their statuses. People can do the same thing to you. And you may not think, um, oh, what would come up? I'm just a regular Joshua. Well, anything can come up nowadays. And that's why a lot of times with jobs, they do background checks. Um, they may require drug tests or fingerprinting. Always think about that in that Big Brother essence, that is something that's watching or that you always do leave a trail somewhere. So be cautious about what ends up um, you- on the Internet. Oh, I wanted to say, say something here, there too, Heather, about that. A Time Magazine this month just had an incredible article about how literally every time you click on the internet and every time you know you log into Facebook or anything you log into, that there, your all your information is being um, compiled, and not necessarily by humans, probably by robots. But everything is available now for sale. So you do have to be really, really careful about what you write. Another thing, kind of, you know, unlocking the myths of what goes on with HR, another thing is watch your back because HR may not always. And that's the thing, HR, human resources, they're supposed to be the person you come to regarding any problems. And even though there's laws, regulations, and jargon stating, you know, that you could come uh, come to HR about a problem with a boss or, or something within the organization. Remember, at the end of the day, they are, they are an advocate for you. However, at the end of the day, they're the truest advocate for the organization. So think wisely. You know, if there's something um, that you want to come forward to or about complaint, make sure it is a valiant, that it is a real efficacy problem, that sexual harassment or you're seeing things that are compromising the job. Well, because the HR person is employed by the employer. It's not employed by an independent company. So, obviously, they don't want to lose their job trying to save your job. Exactly. And there are, you know, there's things that they have those policies of being able to come forward. But a lot of times, if it isn't something, um, you know, legal, if it's more of, you know, you're having a difficult personal issue, the best thing is always trying to work that out. Because oftentimes in organizations, there's, you know, managers of managers, there's you know, the whole tier system of um, organizational bosses. Uh, if it's something going on personally with, you know, in your, uh, in your clinic, in your uh, job, within your cubicle, within your group, try to work it out among them cause, and make sure that, that if you're really going to come forward with something that is something that's truly val- like valuable, because that can also look bad against you, that you weren't able to problem resource and work within your organization, work within your small group to come to a compromise, to come to a correct answer. Um, so, again, with HR, those are the people that they're going to stand up for you and they know all your point system of looking uh, good. It could work against you that you weren't able to work something out on your own. Um, also, resume things. a lot. It's a tough market now. Um, you, it's constantly changing. I know the, the ways I was taught prior to had changed. I took a whole course in college about what they're looking for. Um, main thing is putting the most relevant information. You only want it to be one page, double sided. Um, if you know if you've been out of, uh, if you were a cocktail waitress 20 years ago, 
Along with that, if it's somehow relevant into your information. Um, also, in my research, they said they don't want, um, you know, bright colors, white standard paper. Don't try to shove things in. And sometimes being that embellishment, um, make sure things are the, the slightest thing. Don't list, um, as I said, that everything is traceable. And don't list awards you didn't win or, or people or recommend forging things. That will work against you and sometimes can lead into illegal ways. Also, when it comes to cover letters, I got a mixed response when I was looking into this. Sometimes it's a make or break that people that are really valiant about reading these letters. Other people said, you know, it's, it's all within the first little paragraph. If something just doesn't catch them, they're not reading it. So a big thing I'd recommend, too, sit down. If you have people that are in organizations, find out what's going on. Proofreaders, a lot of times, um, you can even go back to college areas or um, they have little org- like organizations you can get um, help writing resumes, help with job interview skills, uh, because this is the first person. Um, this is the person that a lot of times you may be meeting at those big job fairs or the person that's going to sit down and go over the race with. Um, and also knowing when's the correct time of um, asking for raises. It's a tough economy right now, and it really has to be an evaluant thing. Um, a lot of times when you get hired, they sign you into situations where you're only eligible for pay raises, um, you know, monthly or, or some, excuse me, annually or uh, biannually or after a certain amount of, of time. Make sure you're aware of these things so that doesn't come a situation um, where you, you signed on to a job knowing you would get health benefits. A lot of times they want to make sure if they're going to be giving you health benefits that you are valued um, and that you employee, so they won't kick in for three months or six months. So make sure you don't get yourself in any kind of situation where you're expecting to be getting your health insurance instantly because you have XYZ health problems and it's not going to happen for you. Um, as I said again, of just make sure, of, and a lot of times in big organizations, um, there's an HR person designated for only so many people. Become familiar with that person. Because a lot of times um, with helping someone else get into a job or an organization, I know for my job as well, there's a lot of people competing to get in. Um, but we have kind of insider things that via work, if we know people that we can suggest to HR for interviewing processes, um, we can help that out. And that if they get hired, there's you know, special little bonuses or um, that can look well that you um, that you know good people to bring them into your organization. So well, I think that's something, too, all the time is that a lot of, of hiring is who you know. And once you can get in the door, then you have to stand up and actually deliver the goods. So, you know, use any of the contacts that you may have, but make sure that you can walk through that door. Well, we have to wrap it up because we are out of time. Do you want to just leave us with a final uh, word about this? Um, just some just quick things going into a job. Worst things don't start by saying, what can you tell me about your company? Um, go in there with the state of who you are and how you think you're going to make a difference. Don't spend 40 mi- minutes of the interview talking about yourself or asking about questions about what is entailed in the job and what are their expectations. Let them know who you are and how you can meet those expectations. I love it. Well, give out the websites. Most definitely, you want you go to be the star you are dot org, com, and heatherbrittany dot com or carmenyclutches dot com, both with a K. And when we return from break, you'll meet an entrepreneur who is changing the way that social blogging speaks up on the internet. 
Alan Levy, founder of Blog Talk Radio, joins us. Stay tuned when the world comes to talk and listen. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We will be right back. Don't go away. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know how to walk the balance beam in business? We're working longer hours than our parents ever did, the equivalent of an extra month per year. We can cram so much into our daily lives that we feel guilty that we can't finish everything. Much of our stress is self-inflicted, so that means we can change it and we can get back into balance. The first step is to believe you can transform yourself. Try making a list of everything you do in a day. Then eliminate the activities that aren't necessary. Ask yourself, what gives you the most pleasure and the biggest results? And keep the activities that refresh and renew you. Learn to say no and mean it. No is a complete sentence. And when you acknowledge that you alone have control over the amount of stress you allow into your life, you will experience more balance and ultimately more enjoyment. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For business coaching, call 925-377-STAR or visit star-style.com. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you all for staying with me right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where every week we showcase incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life. 
and Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 charity to get, dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth to increase literacy and to increase positive message programming like this uh, radio show. So visit the website at BeTheStarYouAre.org, get more information and help. Contributions are always appreciated and they are tax deductible. So the kids thank you. Well, back in 2006, I was invited to be a guest on a new internet venue called Blog Talk Radio with Alan Levy to talk about my books and the charity. Now, in those few years since, Alan has taken a start-up podcast and created a leading platform for spoken communication with thousands of shows available daily. Blog Talk is everywhere, and Alan Levy is here with us. So welcome, Alan, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Oh, well, I'm so excited to, to reconnect with you, and I'm so proud and, and want to say bravo, bravo for all you have done in, you know, in this whole new media. The connection that we shared from the get-go is that we were both inspired to go where we hadn't gone and do what we hadn't done because both our dads were diagnosed with cancer. So I would like to know if you could give us a little bit of a glimpse of your journey from, you know, having this idea to have talking blog, basically, to creating the reality that is blog talk radio, which is just now, you know, just rocketing to the moon. Well, thank you. So, yeah, and I, and I recall that, and I recall speaking with you years ago, and we, shared, we did share a common, um, a common issue when it was our dads. And so with my, my background was in the telecommunications business. I was in telecoms, and that's where I, I, had my, my, I made my career. And in March '06, I created a blog for my dad who had cancer. He had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it was his third time around, and it was a bad he had a bad instance of it. I knew it, was, it wasn't his prognosis was very poor. So I created a blog for, for him. I, I asked a friend, look, I want to keep my, my family informed. And he said, why don't you create a blog? So I create this blog, which is still there. It's on the web. And, and I showed it to him the next day. He was blown away. It was, just, it was so, such an empowering thing that, that here it is. We, I was able to tell his story. He, the idea was for he, to, he could share um, ways to deal with cancer with other cancer patients. He had it three times. He was in remission twice, and this was his third time. Um, it turns out it, we create the blog, and I kept seeing, I did some more research, and I, I realized there was a huge ecosystem of blogs. I think there was 70 million blogs. This is pre-Facebook, really. <laughs> Facebook was just, just in the school, certainly pre-Twitter. And I said, you know, Dad, I keep seeing the words join the conversation, but I don't hear any. So it occurred to me to come up with the idea that, uh, to merge the phone network with the web to enable anyone to create their own radio show, essentially to create your own radio show using phone and the Internet. And that's that, what Blog Talk Radio is. That's how and, it started. And that's what, you, that's what you do. And how, do you have any idea now how many shows are on there? I mean, I know you have, you know, you have big companies that have shows on there. Yes, yeah, so what's happened is really, you know, while we created this platform and we, we invented this technology, no one had ever done that before. No one had ever thought about using the phone as a publishing platform. Of course, we've seen an explosion in social media, right? While we, we've been doing this, you know, Facebook exploding, Twitter. So everybody on the web is just their own self-promoter. I mean, everyone's in self-publishing, whether they're an individual. Uh, you have a radio show, of course, which is a great show, but brands and companies and health organizations are all look, becoming content creators. So 
Yeah, I, I, we know the numbers. I mean, so we're, we've hosted about 1.3 million of these episodes since I launched it, believe it or not. Um, That's about four, amazing. Four years ago. We host about 1,500 a day, um, about 35,000 hours a month of original content. And all the shows are done using phones, so you don't need any, any additional equipment. Um, you have the ability to screen callers. You can play MP3s on the fly. You can, you know, it's all recorded as a podcast, so it's, it's on iTunes, and it's integrated to Facebook and Twitter and so on. So, yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable how it's kind of grown. And we've had everyone from President Obama uh, was on a show about a year and a half ago talking about his health care plan. We've had Brad Pitt, Yoko Ono. Every day there's stars and celebrities um, who come on the network. Well, it, how did you – how did this brainstorm – and I mean, I get it that you wanted to put – Speak, you know, blogging and talking. So radio and phone, you know, making it like the podcast. That is great. But right. did you, I know you came from telecommunications, Alan, but did you just surround yourself with really smart people that knew the Internet? I mean, do you have, how, do you have a lot of employees now? Because at first it was just you, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it was me and a partner of mine. He was a co-founder. He worked with me in the telecom business. And he, you know, we have some telecom knowledge. We had no web knowledge. I mean, that, one of the real challenges here is, was to develop web resources because we're a web company. You know, you need to have, and we just started to really invest in that more. I mean, it, it's been a wild ride. So, you know, we have 20 employees now. I mean, we have 20 employees in a company that hosts 1,500 radio shows a day. That's um, which is kind of remarkable if you think about it. That um, is remarkable. That is yeah, remarkable. It, That's a ton of work because, uh, you know, with your premium services, I mean, you, you, could, you can have screeners. I mean, you have a lot of different options yes, that people yes. can do now. Right. We create a lot of options. I mean, the ability to have a co-host a show and, and have it screened and be able to take questions that way and play MP3s on the fly. And we just added photos to it. So, you know, we're constantly adding new features and functionality to it. And, you know, we're actually creating a whole white label solution. So if a company wants to create, and we have companies like Sears and uh, HarperCollins, Hachette Book Group, they're all, all these companies are looking to create content that they can embed on their Facebook page or on their blogs or everywhere, right? Eyeballs are everywhere, so therefore content needs to be everywhere. Um, so it's not a big organization. We've, we've automated, of course, most of the processes, but it's been a wild, just a wild ride. And I think the, the thing that we've really been blown away with is the empowerment. You know, when you empower people, and your show's all about empowerment, right? But right, that's a, this is, we're an empowerment show. That's you're an empowerment show. So Blogs Talk Radio, if someone asked me to describe what's the most amazing thing about Blog Talk Radio that, you know, you've, you've seen since, you know, I was the first. I'm the Larry King of Blog Talk, by the way, just so you know. Um, I love it. Oh, my gosh. we got to get together then with the Larry King and the Oprah. And That's the perfect. Oprah and I'm the Larry King. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, good. So um, We're the perfect you know, pair, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the thing that's amazing most is the empowerment. You know, what we've done is empower individuals to have their dream, right? They, they have their own radio show, and these people grew up with radio, but now they have their show. It's accessible. It's integrated into what else they do, but because they have their own radio show, they're able to attract just some of the most incredible guests. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had Don Rumsfeld on a couple of times. He was on two different shows. So we're really developed the brand and the network at our scale now, which is now part of the circuit for publicists, which is very exciting. 
Well, see, I think that's really true because, I mean, I know I was at Book Expo America and there I, there were a couple of people there that had their signs that they were interviewing on Blog Talk Radio, you know, yeah. and so I, I went up and, and talked to them and they were just interviewing different authors and things. And I think it's just an amazing, an amazing platform that anyone, even if they want to do it just for a short period, can really get their message out there and help other people and it's it, what I'm just so blown away of how you've accomplished is you've actually monetized it now too <laughs> yeah that's amazing thing right I mean that that is a very challenging thing I mean on the web and, and that's right, challenging I mean you yeah. yes incredibly challenging you see and, all these people you know all the Yes, because so many people, they you know, you talk about the Twitters or Facebooks or, you know, all the different social medias. In a lot of places, they're saying, well, they hadn't monetized them until X day. But you are, you're only in it a few years, and here you are. Yeah, so that's the thing. I mean, that's really the, you know, the challenge about it, right? So if you look at YouTube, YouTube is, st is still struggling to monetize. You know, Google can't monetize YouTube at that scale. And part of that is to do with, and most of it has to do with the, the nature of the content. You know, there's some good stuff, but there's a lot of crap, right? So, um, there, so it, you right. have this concept of UGC, which is user-generated content, that is very difficult for brands to rally around. And, you know, what, one of the things that we've done by establishing a set of premium tools to use the service, like call screening and, and preferential times and more promotion, we've created a lot, you know, a very strong base of, of hosts that are using the tools and paying us. That's one thing. But the thing that we realized early was no one else was doing this with the phone network. No one was taking the phone and using that as the publishing platform in an environment where everyone becomes a self-publisher. And I think what it, when it really comes down to is for a brand, a company, a healthcare, Merck, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, they're all now in the content business, and they all have phones. And, and our tools are very easy to use. So that's one of the things that we've really focused on is, is enabling, kind of decoupling the technology from the media property. And we'll be announcing something probably in the next three months, which is a new website, which is really just Blog Talk Radio. Use, it's just no, white-labeled. White Anyone that wants to use the tools will go there. They're not part of Blog Talk Radio media property, but they have their own toolkit. And that's Look, again, that's all part of being an entrepreneur and kind of figuring it out. We're, we're uh, scrappy here. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's what I love about it. So you are really, you are really integrating all the – you're integrating social media, you're integrating content, and you're bringing companies together. So everyone becomes their own publisher, basically, yeah. of whatever they want to publish. And they're their own publicist as well because right. there's a clout. There's a clout from having the show. And, of course, I'm sure you have hosts um, on your show that say, gosh, it's, it's a lot harder to, be, to put together a radio or a podcast than I thought. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. I mean, so, so a lot sure. of people just think they can turn on a microphone and talk, you know, like uh, some, there's, there, you know, talk about nothing. But you really do have to create and produce a show uh, even when it's a podcast. That is true. And that is a very challenging part of it. And that is a big big part of my my team here is all about 
training and educating and what are the best practices. And, you know, you've done a show for years and years, and it's a great show, and you plan it and schedule it, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. It brings the desired results for you, but it's a lot of work. It's not idle chatter. You're, having, you're creating content, and that's what we tell our hosts. And, you know, not all of them are cut out for it. They try it a bit, but we've been able to. We have about 10,000 hosts a month that actually do a show every month. Which is remarkable. I mean, you got, that is really fantastic. Right? Yes. Yeah, you know, in all categories too. It's sports. It's politics. It's gardening. It's moms. It's you know, one of the other things that's been amazing is that the largest demographic we reach is the African American community. Now, and, do you, what? Why did that happen? Do you have any idea? What's the background I, on that? You know, I don't know. But I mean, first of all, let me just add that it's the third largest African American community online. Okay, after BET and black enterprises. I mean, it's an enormous community online. And I, I think it has something to do with empowerment. I mean, a lot of people, no, look, very few people can get on air, right, and get on the radio. And, and we enable and, that. But I was just going to say, you give them the opportunity to have the time and the tools to yes. do a good show. And yes. all they have to do is a little bit of background homework and make sure that they're going to sound great on air. And if they're interviewing people, that they know how to do that and that they, they follow up. So right. you're, you're right. giving them a, a great platform. Right. And if, if for them it leads to, you know, if they write books, so more book sales. It, it leads to more prominence within their social communities or in their local communities. And, you know, and it gives people that kind of that platform and i think that's what it is it's just a very empowering platform um i don't really know exactly why it's it, it's it's carried that path um interestingly the technorati you know the most tech you know the technorati out there on the web have really not embraced it a lot and they they're you know twitter of course has exploded and and you know our hosts are all on twitter and twitter has been a great platform but for some reason this one community has really embraced it and again obviously m many have and now we're seeing more and more companies. Um, well, you know, and you're going to continue. You're going to continue with the technology and branching out, and you, you know, on on all the smartphones and everything else. Let's give out the website so people can go to Blog Talk Radio. It couldn't be easier. BlogTalkRadio.com. BlogTalkRadio.com. What's on the horizon for you? I mean, is, you think that I, I imagine this could be a great buyout for you at some point. I'm sure you can't talk about that, but that would. Is this your baby, or are you just a true entrepreneur where you can just keep moving forward? Well, it's, it is my baby, but, you know, look, again, I mean, at some point down the road, I think that, you know, it may be interesting and, and it may be sold to some large platform that could really lose technology. I think we have, you know, we have a great team, and, and we're really excited about where we are, where, you know, we've, we've gotten over the hurdle on the financial. We built the model, as you say, and now it's a matter of scaling it. So yes. we'll be doing this for a while. And, and uh, you know, I, uh, I retired already when I was 40, so I don't, need, I don't necessarily need to retire again yet. <laughs> I'd like to, I like working. I know, like you know, do. I say that too, Ellen. People always say, you know, when are you going to just slow down? I'm going, you know, I'm probably going to work till I'm 150. I used to say <laughs> I'm going to live to 108, but I, I've upped the ante now because supposedly we can live longer. Well, Ellen, it's so great to reconnect, and let's do yeah. it again sometime. Blogtalkradio.com. I'm really excited to hear what your uh, your next, you know, thing is happening in the three months, so make sure that you uh, let me know. And I will. And maybe and, it'll be on my show. I'll, you'll, I do a show. It's uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Alan Levy. 
And uh, you'll be my guest the next time around, and we'll hear what's going on with Cynthia Bryan as well. I would love that, Alan. Well, my hat's off to you. Salute to the Larry King of the airwaves. And (laughs) (laughs) thanks, Alan, for joining me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And we'll be together again soon. Well, when we come back from break, you're going to meet debut novelist Randy Susan Myers, who's written a riveting tale of a dysfunctional family. It's murder, prison, the life led by the abandoned children. Uh, it's uh, going to be a great interview. I am Cynthia Bryan. We will be right back. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. Do not go away. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan. Brian is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thank you so much for staying with us where the world comes to talk and listen. You are listening to to Cynthia Bryan. I am your personal growth expert, and this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Well, what happens to the children when a family endures the ravages of domestic violence? Randy Susan Myers witnessed firsthand when her father tried to kill her mother when she and her sister were young. She's always lived with that question, you know, what if? And in her debut novel, The Murderer's Daughter, she focuses on the forgotten victims of abuse, which are the kids. Welcome, Randy, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you, Cynthia. It's great to be here. I really, really was just enraptured with your book. I read it in one say, you know, one seating, and it truly was a page turner because it was just so real. And I want to say, you know, I've always coached my clients that it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Of course, 
I had. I grew up in a wholesome and joyful family environment. And after reading your novel, Murderer's Daughter, I really could feel how the scars of the past can run so deeply and how they run to the present and the future. And the children who experience kind of trauma get trapped in this. So I'd love to have you give us some background on your story of growing up in Brooklyn, how what happened to you influenced this, this first novel for you. Well, actually, it's, the interesting thing is that I actually don't remember it. My sister remembers it, and she told me the story. I remember, of course, all the turmoil of my childhood. But uh, when I became an adult and I began, I, I've always loved writing, but I wrote a short story um, based on my sister's memories that became then the novel. And when I sent it to my sister... She was amazed because she said it was exactly like it happened, except, of course, my father, thank God, did not kill my mother. Right. That was the, that was the positive thing there. But it was still a frightening experience because it, it could have happened if neighbors hadn't intervened and yes. police hadn't come. Yes. We had, and my sister and I had a pretty unusual and frightening childhood for a lot of the time, being alone. Um, but I have a strong belief that people can end up even stronger at the broken places, as Hemingway put it so well. And my sister and I both went into human services, and I actually worked with batterers for over 10 years. And, And, you know, you you make that comment, too. I mean, of course, the characters in your book uh, go into human services, one being a doctor and then one being a parole officer. So this is quite common, I understand. Yep. Uh, if you went and you gathered a group of police officers and a group of nurses and a group of social workers, my guess is a very large percentage of them would have come from some pretty bad backgrounds. People always think of those who've had trauma as being slated to have awful adulthoods. But being a victim of trauma doesn't mean that you have to then go and inflict trauma. The way it goes is that most folks who are violent did have violent backgrounds, but not all people who had violent backgrounds become violent. Right. It, I mean, you, you, do, you do have a choice there that you can make, and there's help out there for people. But, you know, just the, the character in towards the end of your book, of, who's the young man, and I don't want to give anything away, but... You know, those kind of people, it's really sad when you feel you're up against a wall and there's nowhere to go. Yeah, the men that I worked with um, who did horrible, horrible things, they also broke my heart in terms of what they had been through. And what they didn't realize was that they actually had the best chance of moving ahead when they gave up the feelings that they were helpless victims. Because people who are mean to others, often feel like victims themselves, very often. And when I wrote the book, I felt it was really important to write about the collateral damage, um, what happens to the kids, and to also tell a page-turning story. But a lot of this came from when I worked with the batterers, and I tried to talk a lot about their children, and each time I would say, well, where were your kids during the incident? They all would say the same thing. Oh, my children were sleeping. <laughs> but, but they're never asleep, are they? They're, they're not. Asleep. And this is, I think this is what really grabbed me about the book. We're talking to author Randy Susan Myers, and the book is The Murderer's Daughters, is the fact that f- 
from the time, even though these little girls were five and nine, respectively, they were called the murderer's daughters. And people just, including their own relatives, they just distanced them. I mean, these are little kids who had nothing to do with it, and then they're just totally abandoned. It was, the, the, to me, they, they, had to, they had to try to get away from being the child of a murderer. I mean, that was really, really a very sad thing. But this is what happens, right? They get labeled. Yes, and one of the other um, impetuses for me for writing the book was reading a letter to the editor in the New York Times, and uh, a woman whose brother had murdered her whole family, which actually was later uh, written about in a book by Katherine Harrison. This woman was chastising the New York Times, who in reporting about a um, domestic homicide, talked about the three children left behind and sort of damned them to a lifetime of never recovering. And this woman, who ended up being in President Clinton's cabinet working on nonviolence, um, said, no, people can come out very strong from this. It's, a, it's an awful battle to get there. But people have to open up their eyes and be open to helping children of violence. Uh, and and they, they can do it. One adult who's really meaningful in a child's life can change their whole life. And that, that means a lot to me to talk about that. And that's very, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, that's what we do here at Be The Star You Are, where you really are hoping that we can mentor as many children as possible and help as many women as possible and, and you know, and help the families to move forward on things. Because when you find one person that believes in you and takes you under their wing and really, you know, says, sees the good in you, even if it's one thing, you really can move faster and you can move forward and it makes a huge difference. And that's what I think was so um, so clear in your book is that these kids, you know, you have, you have the, their characters were so well developed where the older girl doesn't, doesn't want to have anything to do with her dad and the younger girl feels responsible for him. And uh, that was a very interesting dichotomy, I thought, to me, that, um, that, you know, she had to, Mary had to go and see him in prison and, and the whole rehabilitation thing, and then how frightening if, if they're ever going to get together again. It's, it's a very um, fascinating thing that kids who are exposed to the same trauma will react so differently. And it's, it's, I think it's true of siblings about almost anything. It doesn't have to be a trauma. It could be like how Easter dinner was celebrated. What? No, we never had ham. We always had right. chicken. Right. Um, and, and here it's blown up to uh, a very large proportion where one sister just refuses to deal with it. And then the other sister not only has to feel she has to visit her father because she's so frightened of him, in a very childlike way, it makes well, her feel safer to be closer to him. And she doesn't understand why he did what he did, and she she is really looking for an apology, which never really comes forth. I mean, she wants to know why, you know. And and then then the the other the older sister feels responsible for what happened, and that to me is something that happens with kids a lot. The kids feel responsible for everything that happens in an adult life. If parents get divorced, the kids think that they're responsible, you know, that they were bad or if they had eaten their peas or, you know, whatever it was, if they had gotten a, uh, an A instead of a B. And that's the hard part is that it, the kids aren't responsible, but they're the ones that are suffering the most. 
one of the things that happens to kids who grow up in homes with alcohol or homes with violence is they become very hypervigilant. They're the most watching people in the entire world. They know where everybody is at every moment in the day. And they become adults who are hypervigilant. In fact, some friends of mine who've also been through some hard times will joke about if you want to find a really, really good spouse, find somebody who's come through some abuse in his background or her background, because, boy, will they be paying attention to everything. But that's a, a, it's a very hard thing. You can't let your guard down, even at the most mm, carefree of times. Uh, these people will always be aware of everything around them, which is probably one of the reasons that uh, they will often turn to alcohol or drugs as self-medication. Yes, the because it... I was going to say, it's the way, it is their stress relief, and it's kind of the way to forget of being in a hard moment. Again, we're talking to Randy Susan Myers. She is the author of The Murderer's Daughter. You also teach writing, correct? I teach writing seminars at uh, Grub Street Writer Center in Boston, yes. Yes, and you've been doing that for quite a while. It's interesting. Did you find that it was a wonderful transition after your teaching writing and what you have done in your career? And now you have a whole new career as an author. Yeah, actually, I, uh, I, was, I transitioned from doing human services and working. I worked with kids in gangs and with uh, men who were batters. And now writing full-time and teaching writing seminars, I absolutely love it. And, you know, you can always have yet another... Um, career at different times. You know, we, we sort of like snakes, you know, shed our skin a bit. And for me, this has been quite a fun shedding of skin. Well, and, <laughs> I love you it. know, we were talking about this in the first segment, is that in this society today, in today's day and age, it's estimated that people will have t- seven to ten careers, you know, in a lifetime. And so the wonderful thing that you're, you are showcasing, too, is that it's never too late to start what you want to do, to really be living your dream. And since you've been teaching writing, I imagine you probably always wanted to, to write or be a novelist. Well, actually, I wasn't teaching writing before. I didn't start teaching writing until after just the last few years. Um, I was teaching batterers how to be no, nonviolent. You, right. No, I meant, yeah, I just meant that didn't, you started teaching before you wrote your book is what I meant. Not, no, not really. Not long before. Not until okay. I had, a, had, a, had so, a publisher. But my dream was always to write. And I, I did publish a nonfiction book when I was like probably in my 20, or 20s. Um, but, you know, I got divorced, and I was raising children and sending them to college, and uh, I had my kids very young. And so I didn't really have time to devote to my writing uh, until they were finally through college because I was working two jobs to get them to th- through college and everything. And How? it was only How? in my, you know, when I turned my late 40s that I really devoted myself to spending a lot of time writing. Now, are you finished now with working with batterers and domestic violent victims? I am. I am. I'm working. I'm writing full-time now. I'm very lucky. Oh, that's so great. Do you find that people that are working in those industries burn out after a certain amount of time, too? Because it's just so, you know, it's, a, it's very challenging. I think um, it probably all depends on the person. I know at the point that I left, and I was also doing administration. I was director of an agency. I had found that the work was just getting toxic for me. There are only so many nights, because I would work all day, 
doing the administrative work and writing grants, and then at night I would run in groups for the men. And I would come home with so much pain inside me. Yes. Uh, yes. And, you know, it, it, there comes a time where if you are lucky enough to switch to something different, it's probably not a bad thing. I also felt that at the point when the stories become too familiar, it might not be a good time anymore to be doing that work. Right. So you got out, knowing what you have, so you'd be able to use it in your writing. Well, I understand you have a new book as well, this uh, coming out. I don't know when that's coming out. Paper well, actually, Baby. I just, I just finished my last draft and sent it off to my agent, who's very happy. Oh, that's so, oh, that's the most exciting thing when you do it, that, isn't it? Oh, it that's is. so great. It is, and I'm taking a, you know, a, a, a five-minute breather. Um, but I, I switched uh, topics a little bit, and this one's going to be about the. This one is about the collateral damage of affairs, yes, and, and how that affects the entire family, the whole constellation around the people who've had the affair. Well, that is going to be a great one too. Well, Randy, let's give out your website so people can go and visit it. The name of the book that is out now is "The Murderer's Daughters." And your website is uh, randysusanmyers.com, right? Yep, it's randysusanmyers.com. You can find lots of information there. The first chapter of the book is available. Um, all, the rec- uh, all the recent news that has come out of late, I'm a, it's, sell- it's a bestseller in Holland. It's, it was the target um, club pick they had six a year for their book club, and it was for, for um, February and March. It was the book club over there. And it's been just really exciting and wonderful, and especially being 50 and having this kind of stuff happen is is just great. Well, congratulations. It is really exciting, and her website is great. You can see all the news, you know, where she's going to be, events. If you want to get involved in a book club or start a book club or have her book for a book club, you can do that there, randysusanmyers.com. And I really am so glad that you came to visit us on Star Style, Be You the Star You Are. We'll look forward to Paper Baby, Randy, and just congratulations. This is a great book. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Cynthia, and have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. And thank all of you for joining us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And remember when you go out into the day that you are a star and there is no one like you. Until next week when we celebrate again, I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you, be the star you are. We'll talk next week. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. 
Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then, be the star you are. You